You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at soundtalentmedia.com. Welcome, Welcome to the Smoking Word. What's up, what's up, everybody? This podcast and every podcast is brought to you by CasaTheRock.com. If you want to support the show, go cop some merch. Everything is done in-house. Buy your boy. We got something for the whole family. We, we're about to drop some new hoodies, so look out for that. You can also catch us on Apple Music, Spotify, and we just dropped our YouTube channel where we have a lot, a lot of stuff lined up for it. This show cannot continue without you supporting it. And the way you do that is you have to subscribe. You have to hit that, sm smash that like button, leave a comment, and spread the word. We got to keep this wave popping. This week, my, my guest, my good friend, and my first returning guest to the Smoking Word podcast, the voice behind Tara. Buried alive, world be free. My boy, the Birdman, Scott Vogel. Let's set this off. What's up, everybody? The Smoking Word is back with another episode. I had an idea lately. I've been reminiscing. I've been listening to a lot of old records and albums and, and fucking videos and um had an idea to do a an a through z of every hardcore band we could think of and i figured um who better else than to get mr hardcore himself my boy the Birdman, scott vogel yeah there he goes the bird man what's the word What's up? What's the word, bird man? <laughs> What's going on? Where where you at? My kitchen, home sweet home. You're in California, a right now, then, huh? Oh, you're in Buffalo. Burbank, baby. Burbank. Oh, bird, oh, bird. You're the Burbank bird man. <laughs> right where you stayed when you recorded Hazen Street and didn't call me once. Yeah, listen, no, because you were too busy um coming to the studio um ignoring us because you were trying to get a. A record deal or something. Remember that? <laughs> I don't forget nothing. Remember, weed affects the short term, not the long term. I was picking Freddie up, the real member of Madball. <laughs> the heart and soul of fucking Madball. But what's going on? How you been? You know, maintaining. I can't complain too much. It's a little crazy out there, but whatever. Yeah, I know. I know you've been... um. Doing a lot with the the Terra, the whole Terra. What is it? The, the the dot com you have? Well, all the stuff you've been doing. You did a couple of. You were dropping new music and demos and old release tracks and whatnots. What you were doing with that? Let people know what's crackalacking with Terra. Sorry, my glasses are fucked up. That's all right. Um, yeah, uh, we've been busy, real busy. Um, when when this shit hit, we knew. You know, I didn't think we knew how long it was going to be till we did anything, which still has no uh, plan in sight. But I think I just kind of had the idea that we have, you know, we had been a band for almost 20 years and demoed so much shit and had 
It's actually been like 18 or 19, but 20, 20, 20 years. Um, we just have so much, you know, songs that didn't make the record, songs that like, uh, you know, when you're recording, you can only do vocals to so many songs that just kind of sat there. So uh, luckily we have the wizard Nick Jet with studios and laptops and the microphones. Best. And yeah, so we were able to like really do a lot of shit and um then Jared uh, from Trapped Under Ice and Down to Nothing, he, Shout he out Gary. Idea, yeah, he had the idea of kind of doing this like uh, album talk through. So we we started at the beginning of each. Uh, we started our first record and kind of got people and talked through all of them. Like the one Busky played on, he was on. Um, we had Todd Jones, our old guitarist, come and do the first two because he wrote the first two records, and we just sat in my garage. Nick set Nick the Wizard set up microphones and we made like this uh, DIY pot. We called it a garage cast and just talked about the records. And Martin, he's kind of smart too, and he set up the website. And yeah, we did that. And then Andrew from Strife, he has a label and he put all the song. We we put out four uh, brand like what do you unreleased songs that people have never heard before. He put them out on these weird uh, late lace cut seven inches they're these weird thick records so just you know i mean i think it's the spirit of of hardcore and being a hardcore kid you just grind and yeah you, you can't stop i mean you can't stop us i did just get my uh ascap check which is always a good day you come home and your ascap checks in the the mailbox but it was for um performance your your performances of January through March 2020. It wasn't so great. <laughs> there wasn't many performances. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I don't even know what an ass cap is. I don't see nothing but fucking my bills. Oh man, let me let me be let me find someone to be your personal manager. You can make a little money little money with ass cap. <laughs> yeah, I know. Let me tell you, we don't see wrote. shit. <laughs> well, this you one know, wasn't all, no, this but this isn't all that. But but that's what I like, and that's the same shit how we do. Um, is having that hardcore mentality where, you you know, it, it, the times don't judge what we could do. You know, there's always something we could do. You know, if 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 like back in the day, the 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 real clubs didn't want to book a band. You found the garage. You found the space. You you know, a, a merch company didn't want to fuck with you. You made the shirts yourself. I was just talking. Lately, I've been. I, I I don't sit around thinking about hardcore, but I'm the I like to think I'm also the ultimate hardcore kid on the low, cause you know it's how we were bred. You know what I mean? There's no other way. Everything we do is constantly thinking. The minute you try to say we can't do something, we find a way to do it, and that's why that's one of the reasons I restarted the the podcast. The same shit I said. This shit ain't gonna stop us from pushing our brand and letting people know we're still a band. You know, and with this shit, we run it ourselves how we want to run it. You know, and, and we've been thinking of ideas, too. Once the band gets together, we're going to be dropping some jam studio shit out there on the Instagrams and also, you know, putting stuff on the website. Similar to what you're doing, like keeping the shit alive. And it's funny because um, more, than, more than ever, this pandemic brought that shit back out. Like, 
you know, survival mode. It's, if you're a hardcore band, you always will be on survival mode. Yeah, you know how that sure. is. We don't get the respect that we deserve. And I'm not just saying Mad Boy and Terry, the whole scene is getting more respect than it ever has. But still, they look at us as some little kid shit, yet we're grown men. You know what I mean? And every grown man in every other scene is influenced by our world. And I think, you know, um, shit like this, you know, we, we show people that um, we, we, you know, we make shit happen on our own. You know what I mean? And that, and that shit inspired me to do a lot of shit like, again, the podcast and go back to the, the, the roots of shit. And lately, I've been with the YouTube, I've been throwing a lot of old school, you know, videos even, you know, newer bands just going through a rabbit hole of the videos and I'd be forgetting about videos that came out and songs and reminiscing about bands. And I was like, um, and I take pride and um, I didn't go to every show. I'm not some old school guy. My first show was in 88, which some people consider old, but it, you know, I don't consider that old school. <laughs> but, you know, to me, the old school guys are the Vinnies, the Jimmy Gestapos and all that shit. But I was lucky to come up in an era where all the classics, you know, I was spoiled to be in New York when all the New York bands were popping, but I love the whole, sh the whole movement as a whole. And I learned to appreciate the bands outside of New York as I got older more. Cause you know, when I was a kid, I was all about just New York and being all gung ho about that. And then later on, you know, you start finding that a lot of the bands you, we grew up with were influenced by the other bands from other states and even other countries. But, I was getting the idea of, I would go through and I was thinking, I know this band, that band. I was like, I wanted to do an A through Z of whatever bands that popped in our heads that made a, you know, made an impact in our head that we either like, we don't like, you know, um, that, that um, we got to see or not see, you know, old, new. And then I said, who better then to talk to Mr. Hardcore himself, the Birdman? <laughs> And that's when I got in touch with you, and I figured, you know, I, I came up with a couple, a couple of bands that popped in my head. Some I, I, I wrote down, some I didn't. I forgot a lot, you know, and um, I figured we'd just go through a bunch of bands and, you know, what you remember about them, if you liked them, you did it, not just you, you know, and we're, we're both gonna, because I know you know a lot of groups that I forgot about and vice versa, and, you know, we'll see what we have. And I figured, let's see how, uh, how far we could get on this Hardcore A uh, through Z. Any any hardcore band, any era. Any hardcore band, any era. Uh, you seen, didn't seen. If we name a band you don't like or like, you know, <laughs> this is all about just, you know, we. Th this is the shit that we would do backstage, you know, this, the same kind of shit. Is, but I, I figured let's let the people in on it. You know what I mean? This is the shit I try to get people in terror to do on like a a twenty hour van drive and we get to be and they're like i'm going back to my phone leave me alone exactly exactly <laughs> now i said no now we're gonna you know let people be a fly on the wall but I also it came at a good time because literally the last couple of weeks more than ever i've been going through a lot of old shit but it was it, it re it relit you know later bands you know you know also yeah. just the different eras or whatever so i was like yo let's you know Let's see what we could come up with and, and what we remember and what we didn't remember. And we'll see when we forget some of our favorite bands. We're, exactly. We're, we're on cue and then we forget one of our favorite Bs and we're like, damn. Exactly. But you know, but that's exactly, we go as we go. And then if we ever need to do a part two, we do a part two. 
But All right. I, I think it would only be fair if we're going to start. Yes. I think we, we both know what the number one A is going to be. And you're a little bit closer to them than me. So you, yeah. can start, you can start if you want. No, but also, obviously, for me, agnostic front. You know, for me, I'm agnostic front. And also, you know, we, we'll talk about the albums, too. But not just because they're family. I think um, they were like the first hardcore band I literally heard. You know, my brother was into hardcore, and I always heard all types of shit. But they were the first ones I connected the dots with, and it just happened to be the Godfathers. And in all respect to a lot of these old school bands, they are classic this, classic that. Those are the guys that haven't stopped and are touring right now. Well, you know, when you could tour, <laughs> haven't, haven't missed a beat. And not only that, they, they spawned a lot of people, not just us, but like the people that grew up with that. Like I said, the mentality we have, the mentality of uh, do it yourself, you know, um, 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 to represent, to be conscious, you know, um, everybody's included, you know, uh, don't shit on the new kids kind of thing, but show respect to the old school guys. Victim in pain. I mean, AF, well, do you remember, did, did you ever get to see, do you remember the first time you got to see AF? Let's just, let me start with that. Yeah, yeah but even before that, um, if people ask me, like, the first record I ever got into, I'm, uh, I bought the Minor Threat album because of Another State of Mind, the Social Distortion movie. I would say that was my first move into hardcore. Right after that, the next move, a, a kid from my neighborhood, he went to a Catholic school, so he didn't go to my high school. He gave me a cassette, Don't Forget the Struggle, War Zone, and Victim and Pain on the other side, and that was it. That was, that was my first taste of New York hardcore, and it like completely floored me. And then um, the first time I saw AF, I believe, was what they called in Buffalo the Super Bowl of hardcore, and it was AF, Sick of It All, Biohazard, Zero Tolerance and No Joke, two local bands, and then those three. And I mean, that was uh, at a place called the Sky Room. And that wow. had to be, you know, and that, that's, that's when Buffalo was doing so much metal and hardcore together. Like Zero Tolerance would play with metal bands all the time, Snapcase would. And, and like me and my brother would go see, they, they would do these things called the Gathering of the Tribes, I think it would call, would be, would be like a hardcore band and a met, dead, like even death metal. That's and dope. He, yeah, and I, I'm saying this because, like, this club was a typical, like, metal club. And then you get Biohazard, and I'm sure, like, AF was crossover. Sick of it all a little bit. They did that Clash of the Titans tour. So it, I'm guessing there was over a 1,000 people there. And for Buffalo, that's fucking insane. And um, after that, I think that was the first time. It was either that or I saw him on the, um, the obituary, the, the One Voice tour with obituary and was it Malevolent Creation also? Yeah, it was Obituary, Malevolent Creation, and um, um, fuck, who else was on that? And um, damn, I can't believe I forgot who else. Man, that was a, that yeah, was that a was a classic. That was, that was a big tour, like you know, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm <laughs> um, fucking um, yeah. That's the shit. Like for me, I, you know, again, I had a my big brother. Not I had, I have a big brother. So. Right away, it was victim in pain. And I always loved metal. You know, I loved metal. I loved, you know, Black Sabbath was blasting out of the room. Slayer was blasting out of the room. And hardcore and, you know, Venom was blasting out of the room. And, you know, 
AF was blasting. But I remember hearing Victim in Pain and thinking, what the fuck is this? But something about it was so grimy in the best way. And it's funny because that's a, that's a r real ill record. Now going back to it, you could hear it. You know, the guitars are a little out of tune. The band is a little off, but it makes the perfect fucking record. You know, like from every song sounding different, every song sounded like an anthem. And I didn't even know, but I was glad that I got, that was like my first taste to kind of get the the first, uh, the early uh, the early wave in my blood, even though I, I, I tend to like the more crossover shit later on. But man, AF, how many, every record also, did you, now let me ask you this. Were, did you like every A, I mean, I, you know, of course you, you know, you respect and whatever, but there was albums I liked more than others. But I always gave Agnostic Front that every album they ch they changed. Out of the early first two, three albums, did you feel the same way about those albums? Victim in Pain, Cause for Alarm, Liberty and Justice. Because those were three uh, totally different albums. Victim in Pain was a life changer. Um, I had Liberty and Justice on vinyl and I listened to it all the time. I think I, think I didn't of course, now I, I did 100% and I love it. But Cause for Alarm, I think it slipped through the crowd. I think I never got it. So, yeah. and then the, the, the live at CBGB's is that's, that's like, like maybe the greatest live record it ever. Is. That it, game it changer. Is. And just the, you know, like you look at the back and you got Roger has a slap shot shirt on. That's a whole story. Like you're in your head, you're like, what's going on here? And the live yeah. pictures, everyone has, you know, Roger's got hair, but the rest of them all shaved heads and they look mean Crazy, and shit. Yep. And you're just like, and then a, maybe the coolest thing in the world that AF ever did that affected me was seeing that anthem video on Headbangers Ball. Like, holy shit. Yeah. Just like, Everyone with a shaved the head. Fuck? Everyone looks like they eat people for dinner. The, the it's <laughs> look, I had never been to CBGB's at the time. It made it look like a stadium. It looked like you could fit a thousand people in it. And it was just yeah, right. the perfect hardcore show. And it's just like, that's like a, being in Buffalo, I was probably, I don't know, at that time, 15. And just seeing that, it was like, this is the absolute coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, for me, it was funny because it was almost the reverse. I wasn't crazy about Cause for Alarm, but I love that they brought the metal in. Like, I was like, man, he could play better now. But I, I, I admit, some of it was, it still wasn't Slayer for me. But I remember, I'm like, yo, I can hear the influence. Liberty Justice, I wasn't, I didn't get into Liberty Justice till later. But the Anthem video, that shit changed the Ooh. game. I was like, number one, Willie was 16 years old on that shit. You know, for, <laughs> imagine that. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I get amped now when I see bands that are 16, 17, 18, because in our day, not to sound like some old guy, but there was more of those. Now it seems right. like, you know, the kids are, are 20 and older nowadays. You know, like, you know, I don't know, they seem much older than kids starting bands. So, so uh, to think about some kid 16, 17 years old playing with AF, and then they got a video, and there was nothing metal about that video. That was just straight New York hardcore. And the video is a fucking classic. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, 
forget it. I, you know, I, 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 I would never get, tell this to Roger to gas him up. But, you know, those shits, forget it. They, like, those shits are imprinted in my head, those moments. Like you said, the iconic photos, the back, the live at CB's. I know every banter in between. Yeah, me too. <laughs> you know, that's like, like, you know, it's like a movie dialogue and shit. But of course, agnostic front. Now, go ahead. I would say, I would say too, before we get off them, so we don't stay on AF forever. Um, One Voice is such a cool record, different for them, and I think it's sort of obvious, but maybe not. A hundred percent, but I would just say that was like the birth of Madball. That sound, yeah. and obviously, there's where Matt Henderson came in, and you can feel the bounce—not not full full on Madball bounce, but a, a new, a yep. new little like groove and flavor. And then off that shot, Madball, who's obviously hey. one of, one of my favorite hardcore bands ever. So uh, that's, hey, crazy that's exactly. And in, 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 the, in the last podcast, by the time this podcast come out, we just did the Set It Off reunion with Maddie, Willie, and Freddie. And nice. we talked about the, we talked about the, you know, the making that, that Set It Off baby. And that was the thing. You know, when they asked me to write music for Madball, I was, you know, I already had, I wrote two songs, the first two songs for Madball. And it was Set It Off and It's Time. And I didn't bring set it off to the table because I said, man, this shit is too swaggy for these guys. These guys wear boots. I'm wearing Nikes. They, they <laughs> won't understand it. And, you know, these guys were like, you know, I grew up, you know, I looked up to these guys. So I said, let me give them a song that I could kind of spoon feed my style to them. I said, I like the shit off one voice because it had that swag, but it wasn't swaggy yet. It was the most swag for them. And I basically mimicked with the song It's Time off a one voice song. So there's a, a lot of similarities. And that's what I did. I kind of gave him that song first. I was like, yeah, I got this track. Because it was kind of the next step into taking the bounce to another level. You know, I heard the riff. But I was like, man, I could hear a bop. But I want you to feel the bop more than, you know, say, oh, I could, I could kind of hear it, you know. And then we built on it. But yeah, one voice, you know, again, man, it's crazy for a band that could have such an impact through so many eras, you know, salute to the G's, Gnostic Front. I got another band for you that yeah. um, I want to know what you think about, Absolution. You familiar with them, uh, any? I, I will not lie. I mean, I, I know it's Gavin. Um... I think we actually played with them the last time we did the B and B Bowl. They played. Um, did absolutely. I, I, I think so. Almost positive. Am I wrong? I don't even wrong? remember. It was the year Rest in Pieces played. Maybe not. What? I, you I, know I, what? I you might be right. I think. So. No, no. I think you might be fucking right, and I, I can't believe that I forgot. But yeah, you might be right. But um, you never got. You didn't get to catch any of that. Uh, any of that till later, right? I'm a poser. I don't know. I, no, I don't even really still don't know. I, I, no, even I, then, they were one of those bands that, um, you know, it was in that era. They were one of the, 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 the main players in that era. Like, you know what I mean? They were, they were like that perfect band to, you know, it would be the maximum penalty, absolution, and AF. Or, you know, absolution headlining under them, this band and that. You know, they were like in the mix with things. But, they, yeah, exactly. They were... They were definitely a band that 
you had to kind of be around to, because again, I'm not sure how much touring they did, but um, they were a band, interesting band. Because never came, I'm going to say they never came to Buffalo. Yeah. Uh, they weren't on like either the New York hardcore where the wild is things, where the wild things are or the way it is. And that they just flew under my radar, but I'm, yeah. uh, I love, you know, Gavin's playing on the burn seven inches. Yeah. Phenomenal. So and, I bet, uh, yeah, I bet, I bet I would love it. Well, yeah, they were cool. Like what I liked about them, they burn took off. There'd be no burn without absolution. You know, that's just what it is. It was like crazy guitar work. You know what I mean? Like that Gavin style is like, Gavin don't play like anybody. He has his own style. That It's not metal, but it's it's heavy. It's hard. It's got the weird chords. And Gingy fucking was one of the wildest front men you ever seen. Long, skinny guy doing capoeira on stage. It was crazy. I, I used to love their shows to watch him go crazy almost more than anything. But um, they had a lot of cool shit. And then at the era, they were around during that whole breakdown era who we're going to get into and all that other shit but um yeah cool band absolution i got another band on the a that i know you know of all out war this is a little bit later oh good one what you got about what you got for all out war so the first time i met mike score it's like you so both of you are really good people dissed me right to my face (laughs) (laughs) whatever the first time i uh I met Mike Score. Um, I, I drove up to Chicago with this Buffalo band called Envy. They were playing some fest in uh, Chicago. And I, I, I had just got All Out Wars, like, um, what's their first record called? Uh, I'm bad with I don't know. titles. Yeah, it's on that European Game Ground Records. Um, I got their first record, and I was blown away by it. It was so heavy. and so, They've got a sound of their own. They're fucking crazy. And this is when I was getting into my Madball Stigmata, All Out War, Dying Breed, all the, the coldest life. That phase like was just taking over my brain. And I just went with these guys to see, uh, I really wanted to see All Out War. And I want to say during their set or before they even got to play, some huge fight broke out and the show got shut down. So I tried to like get to Mike's score to be like, oh, I got this. I don't know what I was going to say to him, jock him a little bit. And he was like, yeah, man, the cops are coming. Get away from me or something. <laughs> so that, that was my first meeting with him. But um, my band, Buried Alive, we, we clicked with them and played with them all over. They, them and Reach the Sky and Death Threat were like the, that was like our group of, but we'd play anywhere. Sometimes it would be to 30 people. Sometimes it'd be to 300 people. Uh, we toured. The second time I, I did a full U.S. tour was with uh, Buried Alive and All Out War. And there's some of the best, best people and just very genuine people. There's no gimmick, no image. Yeah. No, a, tip, typical a lot of good guys. A lot of good guys. And I also, they brought that metal shit another resurgence of that metal shit, the, you know, real heavy and hard. And it was at a time when, um, you know, people were doing the more swaggy hardcore, you know, like where a mad ball fell in. It was a little bit more, they were less urban or whatever right. you want to call it with that right. thing. But it was like, um, you know, they, they were like a cause for alarm for our era. You know what I mean? Right. Like they brought that metal and, and like they, even the metal was even, stepped up with you know the style wise you know the sound 
And even the whole, everything about it, even the name was hard, All Out War. You know, and you yeah, just named a bunch of other bands with different letters that I completely forgot about. <laughs> when you, I probably wouldn't have brought up All Out War, and that's like one yeah. of the best. So it's going to be... Yeah, because they, 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 be they, they, they're like, you know, again, like I don't consider us an old school band as much as people do, but um, they were a band that were around when we, you know, we were fighting those early couple of rounds, the first, you know, out of a 12-round fight. They were the ones who were doing the first five rounds. They were one of the bands that was always involved with everything. In upstate New York, you know, upstate has that whole white trash fucking factor. So that helped. You know, shout out to a whole lot of war. <laughs> but, um, all right, we got Ale. All right, let's move on to B. All right. Who, all right, who would you name in the letter B? To start, you don't even have to start it off in where you think the band falls in, but who you got for B, and I'll tell you who I got. I'll go Breakdown right off the bat. Breakdown and Bold would be my two Bs. It's funny you favorites. say that because yeah, um, I got – I'll start with mine, then we're going to go into those two, all okay. right? And then we'll start just because – so the Bad Brains, I, I okay. got them here. And for everybody who knows me very well, they, they, they know, and, I, and I'm not afraid to say it because I know a lot of people are shook to say it. I was never <laughs> the biggest Bad Brain fan. You know, for me, I like three, four songs. I, that doesn't, I don't think that makes me a fan. But I respect what they did, and they respect, you know, they, they deserve all the props they get. You know, they made, you know, you hear all the old school guys put them up there, you know. They were the band that did this and that and, you know, salute to them for all that. They definitely brought a different style to the game. You know, um, they, you know, they definitely were ill players. I was never crazy about them. You know, I, I, again, I, I wouldn't even call myself a fan, but they definitely are, you know, um, one of the, 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 the heads, one of the faces on the Mount Rushmore of hardcore music. You know, they deserve their spot. But I personally didn't like them until quickness because again it was a little bit more up to speed sonically for what i liked and um but people people go crazy when i tell them i don't like the bad brains you know what i mean it's pretty crazy um were, were uh, you ever into them i know i know kind of the answer but uh i could mimic what you said uh very very close to what you said um a lot of the, the early stuff was a little too punky and, and um, I don't know, punky, I guess, for me. Um, yeah. Eye Against Eye is where, where I got, like, uh, I remember my brother had the cassette the, the, with the... The yellow tape? But, yes, and he loved it. And, um, you know, my brother definitely was the person that put me on to everything, but when he was in the Dead Kennedys and the Sex Pistols. I was kind of like lukewarm on all of it. I was like, I like, I like that it's crazy. I like that it's crazy. And I like that it's not, uh, it's going against the grain, but it never really hooked me in. Some, something about Mommy's Little Monster from Social Distortion hooked me in. That was uh -huh. like the punk, that and group sex were like the punk records that I got into from my brother. But kind of the same thing. I don't want to get off track too much, but kind of the same thing. Uh, complete respect quickness would be my go-to um yeah. i guess that there's some there's some really 
cool riffs and really hard hitting stuff and really like uh they got good moments yeah good intros to songs and they're you know you can you can definitely find the the you know if you if you listen to chromags you see exactly where they got everything from yeah so that's you know that's obviously important but i'm with you they're not like a go-to band for me um yeah yeah so you know, uh, God forbid you say that as some people, they, they want to, uh, how could you be interviewed? This hard uh, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I you say the I mean? same I'm thing like, about Minor Threat, too. Like, they definitely got me into hardcore, but, you know, it's, I like a little bit harder hitting, a little meaner, a little yeah. bit, a little bit, you know. But I also go really weak. Like, I love Texas The Reason and stuff like that, too. So who knows? Every man for his motherfucking self. <laughs> Fury of Five, we'll get into them too. <laughs> but um, now, like one of the bands you named and is one of one of the fingers on my fist of style that I always, you know, were mad influenced by was Breakdown. Now, Breakdown, I could pinpoint the the song that gave New York hardcore. I'll, I'll just speak for New York because hardcore is, I, you know, I tend to say New York hardcore, but I always, you know, us, we rep the whole hardcore scene because everybody has something to do with it. You know what I mean? But what gave swag, that gave a sound that wasn't metal, that wasn't punk rock, that was 100% that hardcore shit that you and me love, Sick People. Sick People was the track that changed the game. It had a bounce that wasn't hip-hop, but you could bop your head to it. it. It was heavy, but it wasn't a Slayer riff. You know, it was a hardcore thing, but it wasn't fucking Dead Kennedys or punk rock. When I heard that shit in live, I get goose pimples right now, you know, thinking about it. I was like, I've got to do that. That's what I got to do. And Jeff, skinny, fucking had a, a fucking... Uh, when when I one of the first times I saw him had an orange afro, but one of the hardest voices. I was like, this gotta be like this is the perfect hardcore band that basically I tried. That was one of the bands I was like, all right, yo, if I do a band, it gotta have that breakdown shit in it. And I got to, I was lucky too, man. I got to see them at some of the greatest, you know, early Super Bowls. They came out one Super Bowl, they played like three songs, and they murdered everybody. You know what I mean? Jeff came out with an orange afro. Big ass red lips, white skinny white boy. Shout out to Jeff, big influence. That track and again that track and that band ended up spawning my favorite band that we'll get into later. Right, but uh, right. breakdown. Did you uh, ever catch them? How? What was your? I I never saw them early on. Like yeah, I started going to shows in '87. Uh, was the first show I went to, but. At that time, it was whoever came to Buffalo. and they Yeah, a lot of bands weren't touring out of state like crazy. That's the thing back then, for sure. Um, you know, maybe by the early 90s, I could go to Syracuse or Rochester, Erie, Pennsylvania, but they, I don't think they ever came there. But that track, the Sick People track on uh, the way it is, the Rev Comp, that recording yeah, of it, too, because there's the earlier recording, but that one, it's just got... I don't know the term, but it's like so bassy and so heavy and the drums are huge and his voice is so hard, but so clear. And the lyrics are so like real and negative. And, and um, I had the seven inch with the skateboard. I think the 87 demo on, on blackout, yeah, listen to that religiously. 
And um, yep. fun, fun fact, the very first terror show, I think we had like six songs. We played our six songs and two breakdown covers and that was it. So that was, uh, there you go. Like, that was our st- statement of one of our for sure biggest influences. So yeah, yeah th- those guys were literally that, that that's when you say a New York hardcore band, like what we love, I think of that band, you know, like that's the, the, the starting point for, you know, that swag without being rap core or whatever, because they had nothing to do with hip hop, but you could feel that bounce. It sounded like fucking furniture getting thrown off a roof. I don't know, man. Something about that fucking that that that, that demo was one of the best demos, you know, put that on on wax. That shit to go to, you know. All you motherfuckers out there, if you don't got that breakdown shit, you better go get it. That's for sure. When they pivoted too and and lost all the members that went on to the band you're going to talk about later, I don't know when, when this band's going to come up because they could come up in two different spots. <laughs> your, your favorite band, you know? Yeah. But um, <laughs> when they pivoted and, and got the new lineup and like with Dijon and stuff, they were still fucking amazing, man. Still, yeah. some, of their, some of their newer stuff is fucking great too. Yeah. And and I was glad because I would go to all those Dijon era of breakdown because I loved the band and they had that yeah you're right they they were one of those bands that they always got the right people to jump in the band to me they never um, changed too much and yet they 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 built songs you know what I mean um uh, um Street Fight right now what was that yeah what the one with Dijon later on some of the tracks with Dijon even were like. Hey. Yeah, it was like you took that DNA and you injected the genre with it. You know what I mean? Or the genre came up very similar, you know, with that that swag, that New York hardcore shit. You know what I mean? You'll hear younger hardcore kids say that that Dijon shit is their favorite, which to me is an an absolute no. And no offense to Dijon, I love him. Yeah, that's I, I just brought it up. It's great, but. I'll, you know, I think because of our age bracket, we're going to go back. To yeah, the, to of the course. Stuff. That's the thing about, and I know, I totally agree with it and know what you mean, but it was that great that I don't even get yeah. offended because to me, it was yeah, like, it, oh, it was in the same timeline. You know, it seemed like the, that's where they would have went, that style. But yeah, we tend to go back. We can't touch that demo. That breakdown demo is ridiculous. And, and I got another band that you just named. I don't know if you got any more beef, but I got bold one of my favorites all right like very no i i hate to say this because i don't want to make shine bad light on them but a lot of people like bold's terrible that shit's terrible and i'm like nope fucking amazing you know what it was for me was this i won't lie even be like i was the biggest bold fan i seen bold a lot of times you know i see i got i was again lucky to see a lot of you know, what became the classic bands and the go-to bands and or whatever you want to call it, if they were straight edge or not. This was before anybody gave a fuck if you were straight edge or not. That's another thing I was glad to come up in that era. But Wise Up, the way to open up a fucking uh, a, a compilation and they had the break beat with the, you had that urban shit in it and his voice was hard. Like, I don't know, a lot a lot of their, their, their uh, track listings and whatever, they had some great shows, but man, that song, fucking, the minute I hear it, it takes me right back to that time, man. You know, the sound, and they had a cool style, but I don't, you probably know, you definitely know way more 
about them than I do. What's, what, what, where did they fall in on your radar when they came out? Or when you discovered them? I was way, I mean, that's, that's when I was like a thousand percent Revelation Records. Anything they put out, I was buying. And I, I remember specifically buying the cassette so I could play it in my car. Like so many things I think about, why didn't I buy the record? What did yeah. I do with the t-shirt? Yeah. You know, all these things. And um, yeah, you know, I, I it, it's going to sound kind of whack when I say it, but the truth is, their poster, their, their look, it's so appealing that it just draws you in that almost the music. Well, second. It, yeah, not even that, but their look is almost as important to me as their music. And I've never been straight edge, you know. I wear, I'll, I'll keep my hair short and wear a champion hoodie every day of my life, but I've never been straight edge with that youth crew aesthetic yeah, you, exactly. very spoke to me spoke to me like it, it got me because i was it, such a jock that's what so, i was going to say the whole that's why buffalo um syracuse i the, as much as they had known for a lot of straight edge bands there was also a lot of people that weren't straight edge but the look was very popular because those were college towns so right. the whole athletic look was big and the fact is the straight edge kids brought in the jock look which later right. on Kids were called tough guys jocks when it was like, no, the straight edge kids brought that whole thing in. <laughs> That's true. I mean, no, I, was a, I, I was a jock. Zero Tolerance was Buffalo's biggest band, and they all dressed like jocks and were jocks and were straight edge. And when I really first got into hardcore, like, you know, I, I went to some shows, but by like 88, 89, Youth of Today and the youth crew and Gorilla Biscuits was huge. So, yeah. Just, exactly. I was, I was smoking a. A joint before the show, watching Gorilla Biscuits in my champion hoodie, and I'll I'll do that now still. So fuck it. Oh yeah, we're gonna get into those guys too, and definitely it's crazy. You know, a look has a lot to do with it. We talk about it. I talk about it with Rob, our boy Rob from fucking Born for Pain. That that was a big part of him. He was straight edge as a kid, but a big part of it was he was also a jock. So he liked the really clean. You know, I I love the a Letterman jacket. But I never wanted to be associated with the guys that separated themselves from what we had. We'll get into that also later on. You're, another you're, a bit, you're busy with your flight jacket. Yeah, that's right. You know, I was a, and then that's the thing. You either, uh, you know, uh, uh, on the straight edge or that jock kind of look, whatever you want to put it, the athletics, or you are, you know, the punk rock hardcore guy. I was a hardcore skin. You know, we used to wear flight jackets. DMs or Doc Martens and a, and a triple fat goose. Or we had a flight jacket and Nikes. You know, it was that New York did, hardcore shit still holding on with some of the essence of what did made you have the any, scene. Did you have anything? Yeah, you know, I had that. You know, I had that. Yeah, I had, there was always something tucked in the jacket. You know what I mean? But that was more a Corona thing. I think we could say also like a biohazard, Billy Club sandwich. Yo, I uh, completely forgot all those. The buy, oh, absolutely, really good. There's a couple bull, bees I forgot. Bulldoze, bulldoze. You know, you got to give bulldoze. Obviously, biohazard. You know, track. Yep, that definitely. Shout out to all of those. Those are all guys that represented the scene. You know, so even starting with real quick with biohazard. You know, a lot of scene guys 
the a lot of the heartbeat with Billy and, and fucking Bobby, those, those were like real hardcore dudes. You know what I mean? Like those were legit. Biohazard, I never considered them a hardcore band, but they came out of the scene and they, you know, they they didn't hide their hardcore roots. If anything, they 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 pushed it out front and showed what else they added to it. You know, if you liked them or not, they, you know, you could tell it was part of the DNA. That's why, and again, when it came to the bounce game, they had that bounce shit, so I was in. You know what I mean? And I think, and what was great, yeah, what I was great about Biohazard, since they had that metal shit involved, it was a good way to spoon feed the metal guys into the hardcore shit, where, look it, you got to take this bounce shit, and you could put it, you know, they showed the metal guys how to put that bounce shit in it. Just put it like that. Chaos AD for Sepultura, one of my favorite Sepultura records. But there's no Chaos AD without Biohazard. Just a fact. That bounce, that extra heavy bounce, but with some metallic shit over it. You know, like them or not, wherever you thought they fell in the hardcore timeline, they definitely have a, a spot in the fucking in the house. And also, Bulldoze, you know. They started that beatdown shit. You know what I mean? You know, you you had that slow style when everybody else is doing some other type of style. Backtrack. Those guys flew the flag with again, you know, keeping up to date with the the the, the hard shit. But they didn't sound like a band trying to do new school shit. They had a a, 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 a hip sound with the classic elements in it. That's what I always loved about them. You know, you could tell, or oh, they're influenced by them or them, but they had their own thing going on. You know, the whole Long Island, Long Island had a spot always. They had their own world. So it was it's good when different, like, you know, the whole um, um, Syracuse, Rochester, they took their elements from wherever they picked and then they added their elements. You know, you could hear the influences. So all those bees, those are a couple bees I forgot about. That's why I got you here, Vogel. I got one more. Hit me. Bane, I think they're pretty important. All right, um, now this is you speak on Bane more than me. For me personally, I, I learned more, but I always knew because they've been around forever, and I didn't get to play with them. And they're good guys, good dudes, and we didn't get to play with them till the later years. But which was weird because we were around probably around the same time, and they might have even been around even longer than Madball. You know, while Madball was, you know, since Madball really playing consistently, and. They had their own alternate universe of Baniacs. And later on, I got to tap in and fucking, you know, see what they did. And I like what they do, but I wasn't into them back then. What's, what's up with them on your, on your scale? I would say um, very, very, a very big part of that band is the, the singer, Aaron. He's got amazing lyrics, and he's one of those dudes that, in between songs, when he, he says something, it really, whether you agree with it or not, it really drives a point home. And um, genuine dudes love hardcore, toured like crazy. And, uh, you know, I don't want to say like they're like the, the nicer, the nicer guy, like the nicer hardcore kids, like favorite band, but they're kind of like that more pure. Um, you know, I don't want to say they're totally positive, but, you know, some kids, some hardcore kids are a little nicer than others. I think that they're on that side of things and they're just super heartfelt, sincere, really good band, really good people, really good live band. 
Yeah. And uh, I think uh, a lot of energy with them. I got, you know, I, I paid attention when we started playing with them because I would hear about them for so much. And it always bugged me out that we never crossed paths as, as much as we, you know, considering we were around together at the same time. But yeah, a lot of good dudes. And they definitely, that's a band, again, not knowing a lot, a lot of their whole, uh, what do you call it, um, of their of their music and their whole movement. But I always, they, they definitely deserve the respect because I know they've been grinding. And everybody specifically, a lot of people talk about the, the lyrics, it's, you know, that people really oh. love the lyrics that guy does. They said, you know, real strong shit. So, and I know they spawned some of our favorite people. Like, yeah, you, know, for sure. you know, a lot of bands came out of them. You know, a lot of these Baniacs. When I first heard <laughs> that name, I, I bugged out. I was like, that's so like amazing. Your, your boy, Chris Link. That's right. That's my, <laughs> my little brother right there. <laughs> you know, but yeah, shout out to all you Baniacs out there and all the Bane crew. But, um. All right, let's move on. C. I think Hit me with your C. We I mean, gotta, you got got to go with Chromags for as the the top absolutely. C. Top um, C. The, 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 again, when you say goats in the game, they're, they're they're some of the goats. You know what I mean? Like A F are the Godfathers, but those motherfuckers, the Chromags, man, that album. You know, that's a special album. Major. I like the second album also. But that Age of Quarrel, something special about that shit. Like, you know, to me, everything about them was... What I loved about them was they were the first band to me that, like I said, in my head, I always loved metal and I always loved hardcore. But I, that was the band that I loved and I rooted for uh, so much because they were showing the metal bands and the hardcore kids, you could come out with full stacks, sounding tight, two guitarists, being like a pro show and sounding big to show the metal guys that, yo, this hardcore shit could do that too. And all of that with the lyrics that fucking, man, those lyrics were fucking ridiculous. You know, I can't remember the first time I seen them, but I just remember like, you know, those dudes are game changers. Like, you know, they're, they're, they're definitely chiseled in there. Did you get to ever catch them early on or you got to see them later on? Fuck. It, uh, it was a weird thing because I never, I, I also never seen them a lot of times. You know what I mean? Came, it was like, they came not to later Buffalo, on. They came to Buffalo um, with John Joseph. They came to Buffalo and played uh, a place called the Armory, the, the Connecticut Street Armory. I can see the flyer, but I don't, I feel like I wasn't there. But I, I saw him on the Best Wishes tour um, without John Joseph and without Mackie. But I might have seen him at that show, but I can't remember if I was there or not. Some, something tells me that if I said I was there, I'd be lying. But I feel like they, they're the whole thing. Just the cover art, lyrics, image of the band, art. early tattoos. Uh, you're right. They were like a hardcore band, but could give any metal band a run for their money in like playing and sound and great play that, that the video we got a no video is insane. That's Holy like shit. same thing I said about the Anthem video goes for that. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Insane. Totally insane. Yeah. Yeah. Man, they always got the fucking crazy players. You know, first of all, you got my brother Mackie on drums. And even right after, Petey Hines. Shout out to Petey Hines, whoever he is. They always had bad, a bad, bad fucking um, 
rhythm section. You know what I mean? The original squad had a couple of, you know, suspect niggas in it. We won't get into that. That's whatever. But shout out to Blood Clot and shout out to Mackie. And out there keeping that 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 Chromax shit alive. And um, but yeah, I got another, I got one for you. I don't know where they're from. Carnivore. Really good? Really. Do, do you consider them a hardcore band or a metal band? Well, this is why it's good to tell you. Look at this is to me, they were a metal band, but why I lumped them in there was they came out of the hardcore scene. They were spawned from hardcore dudes. Obviously, that's the special thing about hardcore metal. Hardcore has a scene. Not that metal doesn't have a scene, but uh, the, the hardcore community, you have like every age. Like, all right, if, if, if hardcore was a school, you got from first grade till you graduate. Metal only has first grade and, and, and senior year. You know right. what I mean? Like, you either playing a battle of the bands or you got to get booked at the biggest shows. So that's why a lot of metal bands needed to come through the hardcore scene to play because there was no middle tier. So, exactly, or just your, your, your levels up. You know what I mean? Hardcore, that's the special thing about hardcore music. You had those tiers. And you're right, to me, to be honest with you, I was never the biggest carnivore fan. But being that Pete Steele was around back then, and he had involvement with the AF stuff, and he was involved right. with the scene, and it was like cause for alarm, kind of that. I, I lumped them in as, as that. But, yeah, you know, I think they're hardcore spirit, but definitely more towards the metal shit. I was never crazy about them, but the people that I grew up with, if they loved, if they liked them, they either loved them or hated them. And I just remember Jesus Hitler thinking, you know, this shit is insane. <laughs> it, was, it was a pretty hard track. I got camp front. Yeah, it's definitely super hard. And uh, it's cool, too, because you can hear, like, the guitars being plugged in. And it's, like, really raw, but also really well done. And the, the vocal delivery is uh, super crushing. Yeah, it's, it's really, really, really good. And over, over the time, I would say, like, I can't speak for them, but I would think that's probably one of Biohazard's super big influences. But definitely Brooklyn and Staten Island right. style, hell yeah. But not not something I listen to all the time. But there yeah, are some hardcore kids that put, would put them up there, top ten. They're big with the white trash people, that's for sure. <laughs> the white trash. Staten Island loves them. Upstate loves. Yo, shout out to Brick by Brick. Go back to me. Yo, shout out to me. Just talking to white trash. Shout out to Brick by Brick. <laughs> Love you, Valenny. But um, I got a, I got another C. I got one more C. I don't know if you got any more C's, but I got one more C that's special to, to you and to me. Crown of Thorns. Nice. I had, to throw, I had to throw the G's in there. You know. first, time, first time I saw them, um, they came to Buffalo with, uh, I want to say it was Sick of It All. Who the fuck? It was a three band, but maybe Orange Nine, maybe Sick of It All, Orange Nine, and Crown of Thorns. And I mean, just seeing Isaac for the first time on stage, you're like intimidated. Also, Isaac's got such a wild style of when you look at him, what you think. You think oh, yeah, he definitely got a wild style look to him. That's for you sure. Think, you think he's going to come at you like Fury of Five style, but none of his music was ever like that. It's, it's always yeah. a little more like, 
emotional and like uh, some sort of um, you know melody to it. So it's it, it was totally like, and the, the name Crown of Thorns is also like this guy's gonna fucking stick a pipe through my skull. But yeah, super great. And Dijon again, amazing. Yeah, again, that that's the thing I loved about Crown of Thorns. Like, you know, I love Scarhead. You know, I loved, you know, that was a different style animal, but Crown of Thorns definitely was, you know, um, it was the, the, it was something different when we were all, you know, we were all coming down your throat with music, trying to pound sound through people's heads. They kind of took the back road, you know what I mean? And came at you with more melody and fucking, you know, again, a lot of it had, you know, the genres playing. It was so open that you could throw a lot of styles in it and it was refreshing at the time. And, you know, I definitely found it cool. You know, Ezek's Afro was a little, you know, disturbing <laughs> at times. But uh, but um, definitely when they fall in, you know, um, that era of when we were all, like I say, all the bands during that era, like the All Out Wars, the Mad Balls, when we were in the era of the, the later tier of bands rebuilding the scene because the scene was dead when all of our bands came out. Um, they were definitely the, a, a good piece to that puzzle where they didn't sound like everybody and they brought that melodic angle to it. And, um, you know, the, the more uh, deeper lyrics instead of the, the more hammer on your head type of lyrics. CasaTheRock.com, home of that fly DIY. You want to support the show? Go cop some merch right now. We got a lot of new t-shirts, shorts, and caps available. Everything is made in-house by your boy on the spot. So show some love. Support the movement. CasaTheRock.com is a spot. But definitely, you know. I got two C's in my head. Go ahead, hit me. And they're, they're very different. Cold is life and chain of strength. Okay, I'm glad you brought them up because I totally forgot. And I could tell, well, I'll start with, um, all right, chain of strength. I got to see, you see, it's funny because. I see a lot of these kids that would never come to a Madball show because we're not straight edge or we're not this, and but they never even seen Chain of Strength. I got to see <laughs> Chain of Strength a lot of times because I was a hardcore kid who loved hardcore. I didn't give a fuck what you ate or, or what you did behind closed doors. I, got, I was a fan of, of the whole scene and the music, and I got to catch them a couple, bunch of times, and especially seeing them at CB's. It was Chain of Strength, I think, No For An Answer. I think it was that free-for-all thing. And um, from the low, the green on the shirt, the aesthetics to the energy, you know, of, uh, you know, of the band, you know, they had that Cali shit, but they had some other shit involved with it. You know, um, I, I really felt that band. Like, I, I would, I'll be lying to say I, I, I just sat around listening to Chain of Strength, but whenever they would play, I'd go see them. You know what I mean? I don't know. Did you ever get to catch them, or well, how? Yeah. Where did they fall in for you? They were falling. If we were, we were talking seven inches, that they'd be in my top five, maybe number one, seven inch. They're, uh the drummer. True to amazing. Death. Yeah, he, they have a second seven inch too. It's just as good. So they're they're one of the bands I listen to a lot. Like when I'm going for a bike ride, and I feel like. Uh, out of shape piece of shit. If I put chain strength on it, literally lifts me up instantly. Um, awesome live, again like the bold, the the, the real youth crew look and yeah, perf perfect jumping pictures and shit. yeah, exactly. 
Um, and the rev, the rev stuff was just undeniable when I first got into hardcore. And of course, when you first get into hardcore, that stuff's ultra special to you. So I love them. And then we can go to Detroit's grimiest, like, holy shit, man. CTYC. <laughs> what could you say? What can't you say about them? Some of the craziest lyrics I've ever read. Some uh, of the craziest looking humans God ever put. And I believe in God to all you heathens out there. God put these savages on earth, but they put them on, on earth for us to enjoy. Cause I love those guys. You know, those are my family right there. And on set it off, you guys have a song written about cold as life. So Ronnie rest in peace. Very special I band. I remember one time I'll never forget. Uh, me and Freddie were drinking a lot. I think we were in Europe maybe. And he, he said some really, ultra kind words about Ronnie and, and said some really, really respectful stuff about him. So I never met the guy, but I'm sure if Freddie felt that much respect towards him, he must have been a they, very, very good person. Man, for guys that came out of the murder capital and guys that were, you know, bash your head in, those dudes got big <laughs> hearts. And, and um, they always had a lot of love for us, you know, in New York. And they, they would drive from Detroit to New York all the time. We had some of our best hangout times with Coldest Life. They would drive, like 30 of them, pile in a van and drive <laughs> and stay at Stigma's house. You know, Stigma's house is one room. I don't even know how they made it happen. But you know <laughs> what I mean? And it's like, um, and Ronnie too, man. A funny story. I said it on the podcast I did with Anthony. They were in town and Anthony had a get together in his house in Long Island. And we all rolled up with Coldest Life. And, you know. Those are the first guys with face tattoos. Shout out to Dougie and all of them, my brother Doug. But um, also, you know, you see them and expect them to come and be disrespectful because, you know, the look, you know, if you don't know that world, you kind of assume things. The most respectful guys, a lot of love. You know, they had, they would, they, you know, they, they, they catch a bullet for their people, for their scene and for what they believe in, you know. Special band and probably sonically, one of the hardest bands ever, you know, yes, like perfect mix of punk, metal, and hardcore, you know, just, it's, they're like that discharge shit that we're going to get into, that discharge <laughs> shit in the future, but fucking, um, shout out to Coldest Life, you know, the guy that probably has more people in the cemetery than anybody, you know, every time those guys will roll up, they have a new member and another one, you know, get killed or something, man. You know, it's insane, insane band. But uh, a lot of love to the fucking Cold as Life crew. And, uh, fuck, and of course, we ended up writing, Freddie wrote a song for them because uh, Freddie was really close with Ronnie. And these were the days when you didn't drop a text message, you would write letters and shit. And those guys kept in touch. And, and a, little, a little fact in the Down By Law video, which was our first video, you know, the, you see a, a Mad Ball head tattoo. Dougie had the first Mad Ball tattoo ever. Oh, shit. Nice. And he's in the Down By Law video. Shout out to Dougie, my brother. And um, <laughs> moving on to D, while we're on the subject, Discharge. For me, again, um, wait, they were definitely in an era before me, but there's none of us without a Discharge band. And sometimes... The older we get, the older the scene gets, I think they starting to get a little bit more forgotten about, which they shouldn't. Because um, they were the band that brought that metal crossover that wasn't just thrash metal 
or whatever and mix it with the punk that became that early form of that hardcore shit. You know, you know, they, they didn't sound, we don't, they never sounded like a Terra or like a Madball, but th that DNA spawned into those bands that let the punk rock shit take from the metal and vice versa. But it, it was a special thing. You know, my brother grew up with that. Like I had a, he had a seven inch, the Y seven inch, you know, it was why, 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 why? This is the lyrics to the song. Why? Why? It was that. But it was so fucking crazy. And um, some of the hardest guys ever. Terry Bones, another guy who went on to play with the business. He played, I even think, what, what ministry or who knows whatever. But not only real motherfuckers that, you know, they wrote about what they, what they, what they lived. That they're some of the godfathers of mixing that metal shit with the punk shit and making their own sound. You know, that's why you hear the bands like Metallica and all these old bands rock the Discharge shit, the GBH shit. But Discharge was more on that hardcore shit than GBH. GBH is a band I love also. But um, special band that um, Discharge ever make it. Um, how was it up there where you were at with that? Or was uh, it with the older guys? I was very blind to the band until Three Guns got into terror. And then when I was spending, you know, I had known Frank for a long time, but I'm spending long, long drives and bus tours with him. And he would really put it on me. And it's, and, and then we would start seeing them in Europe playing festivals, obviously a much later edition, but still total power. Frank would play them in raw power all the time. Yeah. And just like really introduced me to that, that sort of style of like really early hardcore yeah and um yeah uh, just you can just recognize the intensity and in the, in the everything about it so i came into it late but i got, got a lot of respect for it yeah hell yeah they definitely have a big part of it another band that for me i was never the biggest fan yet i fell into a band that their influences didn't come from this band but i later on i started catching that we have a lot of similarities. DRI. Uh, DRI nice. was um, a band that had that the crossover album where they brought in, you know, some metal. But the thing that I loved about them, again, I wasn't the biggest DRI fan, but there was two things. The aesthetics, they had the V logo, the running man, uh -huh. that's classic. They were always associated with skateboarding, which I was a skater when I was a young kid. And three, that they had songs that were fucking 40 seconds long, a minute long. Which, if you hear early Madball, I hear early DRI, yet none of the guys were really into DRI that much. You know, respect to them. But it wasn't part of the Madball DNA. Yet, I later on, I'm like, wow, that sounds like early Madball. Or Madball sounded like early DRI. Um, you, ever, you ever catch the DRI fever? Yes, early. Uh Again, because of my brother, he had all the DRI stuff. The the um, dealing with it, I think, is the song with the real the like twenty two songs or whatever that are all super short. The first hardcore show I ever went to was DRI Gangrene, the Goo Goo Dolls. Wow! So uh, I'll always have a special place for DRI, and then I think Crossover was next, and then Four of a Kind, and I really like all of it. Uh, not a band, a band I wouldn't have brought up, but definitely are important to me. 
And I like their, both their eras, like definitely the earlier stuff was kind of, I, I would never put together that mad ball and early DRI sounds the same, but when you say it, it definitely does. Yeah. It, it's and then weird the because of stuff. Yeah, no, it's weird because I was never into them where I could point out a lot of songs. Then when I would hear some DRI songs later, I go, yo, that kind of reminded me of, you know, some of this and some of that. Yeah. And I'm like, oh shit. And again, the early, I guess, you know, you had um, early hardcore that didn't have much to be picking from. You know, they were kind of picking from the same tree. So you could yeah. kind of hear the, the, the DNA in those bands. But they, they definitely crossed over and brought a bigger audience to, to, to hardcore music, you know. I would guess, I would guess, and I don't know if this is true at all, but maybe Leeway's really influenced by DRI, I would, I would think maybe. Um, it's crazy because I, I don't hear that. But um, like the, I'd be surprised. Fast picking. Yeah, yeah. definitely, maybe, definitely, definitely. I got um, E. Let's move on to E. Wait, wait, wait. Because I got one more D, but I, okay. I wanted. Who you got? I got one that's really important to me, Dag Nasty, and I know oh. that they're borderline punk, but that's all right. We got Dag a couple Nasty. of those lingering. Dag Nasty, can I say is top 10 maybe favorite records ever for me so i know a lot of people that don't like you know if you're not into that like emotional melodic hardcore but i love it i think the lyrics are amazing and it's it's one of my favorite records ever i don't know much about them but since i got into the music they were around and always you know respected and in the mix with all the real shit so I would always give them respect, but I didn't know a lot about them either. I didn't know they were on the melodic tips. You just said so either. Oh, but, super amazing! I couldn't, I couldn't point out a, a, a Dag Nasty song to you, but I could, I could point out their their logo and be like, oh yeah, those guys come from, you know, they're the same family. You know what I mean? Where were they from? Do you know? DC. Oh, they they're DC. like the old Discharge, that whole world. It's, it's Dave Smalley singing. Who I, I was gonna say. What do you know about DYS? I know they got that crazy picture on the back of the record with the, the hooded, uh, the mask guy with the swastika. So I said, yeah. <laughs> and that was like some fuck you to the Nazi shit, right? I heard right. that was always that. That's why I always, I don't know a lot about them, but I, I, I respect it where they fell into place for, you know, their time. You know, they were before me and a lot of roots. And they, they, they played with all the classic bands and the imagery. And they were always, again, one of those bands I never got to see. I would always hear the OGs talking about them. And they pop up when you talk a lot about the history of the, of the fucking, of the scene. Thinking of DOIS made me think about Boston and it made me think we've missed Blood for Blood. But we don't have to go too much into them, but they, they could have been in the B section very easily. Yeah. yeah, yeah, there's a couple of fucking letters we forgot. <laughs> All right. <I> <laughs> e, you want to e. go to E? I, who you got for E? I got, I got one on deck. I, I think we got the same one. Are they from close to my homeland? Yes. <laughs> All right, give it to us. It's a Earth, Earth crisis with an F, like I call them. Shout out to my favorite <laughs> fucking vegans. Shout out to Carlos and Scumbag Scott. Both, all of them, all of them. I got love for all of them. A lot of love for those dudes. Special band. For me, uh, you know, that the era right before they became a band was when I started going to show. Like, I grew up in Buffalo, and that's like two, 
a little over two hours to Syracuse. And I would drive up to shows there once a month, maybe twice a month. And somehow this band, I remember, I remember their, their guitar, their first guitarist, Ben Reed, who was in the band uh, just up to the first album, walked up to me in, in the Lost Horizon and had this crazy cut on his face, this whole thing. And he was like, uh, just a fresh scab, not a scar. And he was like, yo, you want to buy the seven inch? I was like, sure. I, I would buy anything at the time. And I took it home and blown away, blown away by the all out war seven inch later became friends with him. And he told me some story how he was fucking getting some animal out of a cage and got his face cut. And like their early shows, I mean, all their shows, but their early shows were some of the craziest shows I ever saw. They kind of game changer, like, like changed the, the whole pivoted hardcore and, and brought in something totally fresh. And yeah, I mean, you know, Carl, that, that, Carl's so weird looking and his lyrics were so intense and yep. so smart. And he's putting words in his lyrics that I have to look up in a dictionary so I can figure out what the fuck he's talking about. It's like, and what I loved cool. about them is, you know, when I talk about how uh, I, I always bring up how straight edge had a lot to do with separation of the scene itself. I don't blame all straight edge the, as the whole, the main reason for a lot of things getting separated in the scene, but the straight edge movement had a lot. The youth crew movement had that because like I said, I didn't care if it was no friend answer, you know, earth crisis. If you were dope, you were dope and you were a hardcore band. That's what you were into. What you ate and what you wore had nothing to do with me. You know what I mean? I didn't give a fuck about that and hardcore wasn't about that. Earth Crisis, what I loved about them, they were so gung-ho about what they believed in. I respected that a lot because we, we were gung-ho in what we did. We thought before we met we were going to clash because they, they set up a tour with us. This was, you know, again, Earth Crisis at its hype when they were the, you know, they were the, the, the generals of the whole vegan straight-edge movement or the militant, you know, vegan straight-edge. And we're like, you know, oh, we're going to have beef with these guys. You know, oh, if they try to smack a beer out of our hand, it's going to be on kind of shit. And it, the whole, I remember having these combos before we got in a bus with them. You know, and it wasn't because they were vegan. We just thought how they would react to our lifestyle. At the end of the day, we all came, we all came up from the same place with the same love of the bands and the same respect for each other. I don't, that's one of the bands we probably got along with the most. You know, that's why we're, we're good friends to this day. You know, and, and, and I back whoever... I got respect for, I don't, again, if, if, if it has to do with you eating meat or wearing a leather jacket or not, that has really nothing to do with me. To me, it's like, if you are real, if you, um, if you, if you, if you uh, respect what I respect, I'm with you, you know, and those guys live their shit. I'll tell you a funny earth crisis story. I was years, we were on tour and we go to an, a Baskin Robbins and it's me and Bulldog. And um, we walk in and there was like an Indian guy behind the counter. And, you know, I'm getting an ice cream cone or something. And then um, Bulldog is looking at ice cream, whatever they had, different kinds. And he's asking the guy, yo, is this um, vegan? And again, vegan, you know, we're lucky now. Those guys were torn when veganism wasn't popping. You know what I mean? And he's asking, is that dairy free? You know, is there any milk? And the guy was, the, the Indian guy really didn't know what was going on. And you could tell he was kind of like, yeah, 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 kind of thing. So he gets Bulldog his ice cream, and I'm walking, and it's me and Bulldog walking out. I don't know if he would remember this, but I'm eating my ice cream, and I see a Bulldog. I see him take 
take a, a taste of it, and then I just see him throw it in the garbage. <laughs> he, and I go, what happened? He goes, it tastes too good to be vegan. And I never forget that shit. And I was like, oh, I love these guys. I had some of the best, one of the best tours I've ever had was on that tour we did with uh, us, Earth Crisis, um, Scarhead, and, you know, um, Hate Breed yeah. opening that early on. You know, um, crazy. Oh, tour. You know, yeah, yeah, crazy fucking... Um, Shout out to all the vegan. Shout out to 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 them. Not only that, to to keeping that Syracuse shit alive. They brought that Syracuse shit like strong from the old days to them. I think uh, it's very notable that, like, uh, let's say, thirty years later, they're still straight edge and still vegan. And I I don't think you find any band that could say that. I mean, I, I'm I'm sure I'm wrong. Yeah. But for a band that was so outspoken, Facts. Mo most of those bands fall real fast in those guys. Facts. And not only that, thing. some of the illest players, they play metal better than a lot of metal bands, yet they're <laughs> a hardcore band, a thousand percent. You know what I mean? They, they're the ones who, they, they did it right. You know, shout out to Carlos and all you fucking vegan motherfuckers out there. The shout out to the, the Syracuse. I got a strong E. What? I got a strong E. I got, I got, I got, a, I got, I got to eat one more E. Who you got? Uh, let's hear yours. Maybe this one's a little bit later, but I, 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 they popped in my head because um, they come up a lot from the people around me, you know, or from a later generation, but guys around me, Eton Concrete. We were on the, we were there. We were yeah. on the same. Um, um, <laughs> again, they were one of the bands that came out when we were doing those five rounders, you know, the, 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 the bringing that scene back. When I say we, not just Madball, but like the era when the, the scene in New York was kind of dead. And they were one of the bands that were around in that time where, again, great players, a real hardcore band, but they were able to mix that hip hop shit and they had that swag and they, and, and, and they, they, they came up with a good recipe. And they were a good represent, representation for New Jersey that wasn't just meathead. You know what I mean? They brought something to the table, you know, and um, yeah, great players, man. It's some cool shit, man. Very, uh, I remember, um, I don't know, let's say five years ago, we, we did one of those East Coast Tsunami shows and they played and Nick, Nick Jet wasn't ever really into E-Town and he saw them play and he was like, holy shit, everyone in that band, including Ant Money, yep. is amazing on their fucking instrument. Uh, I love them. They're they're a band like when when Tara's got to play a show and I'm not in the mood, I put on E Town, crack a little vodka, and I'm ready to go, man. They they like bring me they bring me energy quickly. Yeah. And, and what's cool about them, they got that thing in Jersey where you know they do that show every once in a year. They go and they play a huge oh, yeah. show. Like they got oh, their yeah. own world, right? you know that that comes out and reps for them and. That we, we played a couple of those with them. You know, they, they always got mad love for us. And we played with them. And, you know, we'd play with them anytime, especially there. You know, it's always like, uh, it's love for them. You know, again, I respect them. And, and I like what they did. You know, they put Jersey in the map in a cool way. You know, we're not just some meathead shit, but they're great players and real hardcore band too. You know, they came from a good angle. All right. Gee, I know... I'm gonna let you set off G because I know you one of your favorites is right there. Who do you got? I got I got a couple of G. Oh no, wait, wait, an F. Excuse me. 
We on the F. And I got I, I got a little stuck on F. I got three, but one of them is more my alley and a little bit more of the later years. Who do you got on the F? Can I do a, a brief uh, backpedal? Absolutely. We forgot Born from Pain and Backfire. Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, no, there's a lot. Exactly. There's so many. They, you know, know. both of those bands put Europe on the map. You know, like they, 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 they took the elements of um, what they what they were influenced in the states, and brought that the real essence to Europe, and then they, 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 you know, they're a big part of keeping and spreading the word in Europe, man, for sure. Both of them, you know, like sonically, lyrically, um, and with the real, the heart of hardcore music, like they have the real heart, they're a pulse, like. They, those are those. They, they, they're related. You know what I mean. Being from Europe, those guys are our family. Not just as close friends to us, but as hardcore music as a whole, they belong there. You know what I mean. When you talk about European hardcore, for sure. F. F. Hmm. The first one coming to my head is Fahrenheit four fifty one, and I don't really know that much. I know it's that whole striving for togetherness scene. I don't know that much about them. I know there's a old new age band called Free Will. Yeah. Uh, Fahrenheit, real cool band. Fahrenheit, they're like the younger cousins of Burn. Put it like that. Right. They had a swag, um, great guitar work that wasn't typical metal, real hardcore band, but they brought that flavor with them. You know, um, Armando, the whole Bronx swag. And they had the, the energy, and again, they, they they were a good band for the time to bring um, different flavors with the, the real heart and real soul of hardcore music, you know. I didn't have them on here, but they were in my head. You know what I mean? Um, I know. Fast Break from Connecticut, but I don't have a big ass. I got one. Fury of Five. Oh. Okay. You know, I, forget them. Exactly. <laughs> Fury of Five. Again, like um, Jersey, like an E-Town concrete. Put Jersey on the map, but put Jersey in the map with a fucking brick in your head. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I've heard, you know, myths about them that they, they practice religiously. Uh, that stick man was very, very, no one's getting fucked up. You're going to play the show sober and you better fucking play good. And yep. what a live what a what a beast of a band and a front man holy shit very yeah. very great band another band you know jersey had that thing that in the later years that great players a lot of great players you know the whole band could could, could, could fucking rock you know what i mean and stickman being a big gorilla that yo shout out to stickman i can't wait to hug him i'm not scared of you <laughs> nigga i want to hug him and give him a big kiss but um <laughs> That's my bro, you know, uh, again, you know, a dude who lived his lyrics, you know what I mean? Um, and they loved the music, and, and they represented good, man. And they, again, real pro, you know, uh, they were good for, for showing that hardcore bands could, 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 you know, kill it. You know, they could sound good, you know, they could look good, they, and, you know, and, and, and still cross over with flavor, you know what I mean? 
they got that video where they pull up in a fucking limousine, and next thing you know, fucking Stickman's doing windmill moshing. Woo. All right. I got a band on the F. Okay. I don't know where they fall, but I put them down because, again, Fugazi. Where do you put them in? Because I don't know. Listen, this is what uh, that, my, besides uh, the minor threat, which we'll get into, I never knew where they yeah. fell in, but yet every hardcore kid sweated them. Here's my Fugazi. Uh, I listen to lots of podcasts and lots of people of all different size bands, genre bands. They either say one of two things. I got into hardcore from skateboarding or Fugazi. I hear it 99% of the time. Or my older brother. To me, Fugazi came to Buffalo right when they came out. I was excited because Ian was Ian from Minor Threat. And they got on stage and they played like two songs. And they stopped the set and said, this isn't a, a football game. If anyone stage dives, we're not playing. They played another song. Someone staged out. They walked off stage and I was done with Fugazi because, yeah. I mean, if, if you look at Minor Threat, I, I mean, I guess they have the right to do whatever they want. I guess they have the right to be offended by stage diving. I guess they have the right to police, police their own shows. But for me, it was a total turnoff and I, I never, I never got into the band from there. It was, it was just over. I, I, of course, I know the song Waiting Room, and I think it's great. And, of course, I've read up on the band and watched video, like, live shows, and I could tell they were super in it. And they invented lots of things, and they were unique and very uh, thoughtful and powerful and, and stuff. But that just totally left a sour taste in my mouth. I'm, I don't think shows to be told to stand there and watch the band. That's why... I got into shows because I didn't want to be like at a concert. I wanted to be at a show and exactly. I'll give you a funny Fugazi story. They were playing in the West side. I forgot the name of the club. And um, we went cause every, a lot of people we knew win and we were hanging outside. We were inside and we ended up going outside to blaze or to hang out. We were like, you know, you know, we same kind of shit. They were inside. They stopped the set because somebody was stage diving and they said, this ain't a fucking hardcore show. So we, we're outside. We're outside hanging out, me and one of my friends. And outside this club, man, I can't believe I'm drawing a blank the name of the club. Right next to the entrance door, there was two doors. And I was leaning up against it with my foot against the wall. You know, like bent up, you know, my foot on the wall. I'm kind of kicking it, like just, you know, fucking around. And the door opens up. Well, guess what? It was the electricity to the whole club. Me and my boy looked at each other. And we started hitting switches. We shut down the whole show. Ding, 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 ding. The lights went out. People came out. The show got shut down for a little bit. So, <laughs> you know, to me, I thought that shit was corny, too. That, you know, I get you if you're not a hardcore band, but have more than half the people were there because he wasn't a hardcore band. So, you know, anybody who denies their roots, I got a problem with. You know, I don't know if they meant it to be that day. Or they were just too artsy for what we know. But um, they came into my head when I wrote this, when I put it down, because I know a lot of hardcore dudes drop them in, you know, as one of their favorites. 
I think it's funny. We, we both had the same exact experience with him and that I ne we never talked about that till now. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's the same reason we were like, ah, that, you know, it's a turnoff. I wouldn't waiting room. Same thing. Dope track. But OK, not dope enough for me to turn my back on what they've said and what they've done, you know, at that moment. You know, to me, it's kind of corny and fucking um, G. Let's move to G. I want you to start off G because I know you're. Uh, I think we got the same one. Uh, Gorilla Biscuits. Yes. <laughs> I got two. You named the other one uh, early on, but Gorilla Biscuits. I would put Start Today in my top five favorite albums ever. Uh, top 10 probably favorite albums ever for any type of music. It's like a perfect, perfect hardcore record. You know, I jocked the shit out of Walter. He's amazing. <laughs> Luke, the drummer, played on Start Today and Don't Forget the Struggle. That's like insane. Siv's delivery is insane. And it's just like they had they had the youth crew aesthetic too, but they had something more that yes. Siv, Siv could actually sing and the songs were actually songs. Like I can see when people say bold aren't that great. When you put Speak Out against Start Today, it's like yeah. no contest. But yeah, one one of the greats. And what, what, you, still yeah. to this day, man, GB, I, I've never seen him play a bad show. Yeah. You know what, what I loved about Gorilla Biscuits, they they never, like they had that youth crew behind them because they were straight edge dudes, but they were never those dudes. Like I grew up with them since I'm a little kid. Those guys were from the neighborhood. The Gorilla Biscuit house used to be near the park we hung out in. It was never, don't hang out with those guys because of this. It was always fam. And, it, and if you look at all the early Gorilla Biscuit shows, it was a lot of us, we, we used to roll up deep because they were never my favorite band, but I liked them. There was always a lot of energy and they were a great hardcore band and they always came with it. You know what I mean? And again, I, I, never, I never saw them for what was on the menu that night for dinner. I didn't give a fuck. You know what I mean? And for even with them, I never got that feeling about it where, yo, you you know, we're too cool because you don't eat like us or you don't do yoga like some other people ended up doing kind of thing. You know what I mean? You know, it's, shout out to all my yogis out there. No offense to yoga, but, you know, it shouldn't be the thing that separates you. It should just be a thing that you do on your own time. It should have nothing to do with the scene you come from. Like, it's part of it, but it shouldn't separate you from the scene. If I smoke... That shouldn't separate me from the people that don't smoke and vice versa. That's my beef because, again, I came from an era where I'm lucky that if you were a hardcore band, I was in. I didn't give a fuck where, you know, where everything else fell in the fucking spectrum. I got one more G for you. I'm a band I never knew much about, but mad respect, Gang Green. Nice. Gang Green I, I got because since I was a kid going through the record, the record section, they were always there. They were in all the skater magazines, the logo, you know, and, and, and I know some of their music that just being, you know, being loud and crazy, but I didn't have a lot of history with them. What did they, what's up with you and Gang Green? They were on that show. They were on my first hardcore show, DRI Gang Green. I know they like beer. And uh, yeah, I, you and know, the Budweiser shit was great. Exactly, the whole beard thing was great. Yeah, I, I put them more punk, but I could be wrong. I, I don't know their music. They're from Boston, is that right? Are they from I, Canada? You know what? I don't even know. I think you know. Good question. Good question. I don't know much, but maybe I would guess Boston. But uh, yeah, don't know much. 
trying to think, That's... is there any more G's? I know Grade from Canada. Never heard of them. I had the two G's of Gorilla Biscuits and Gangrene. You know, there were what? a lot of little ones. I just kind of put the ones that popped in my head, like moving on an H. I got one H. You Your might boy? Know. Huh? Your boy? Your boy? My favorite balding guy. <laughs> Fucking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew you in your hairline and told me when his hairline was around here. <laughs> My H is H2O. My favorite sentimental guy. <laughs> you know, um, H2O, man. He's a uh, hell of a front man. Yo, he really is. Even the place H2O had in New York when at the height of the whole, you know, everybody being real alpha, you had H2O, who was our California sound to the East Coast without, was still being East Coast. You know what I mean? They still had that. You could hear the soul of the East Coast in them, but yet they they had that West Coast feel to it, you know? Again, perfect band for the perfect time to, to, to give variety to the scene. And um, look at now, man. They they put out a lot of records, and, you know, they bumped that, that hardcore shit. They never called themselves anything else. They never You never hear them saying some punk rock shit, you know? We're a punk, you know, they're a hardcore band. And I think what I loved about them was that was our... You know, the East Coast um, bad religion, even though they don't sound like a bad religion. They were our melodic bad, you know, um, who's the guy with the with the, the, the glasses, the old band from California? They got the, um, man. The SOL? No. no the, the Canada. No, uh, the, the big band. The big, the big guy? No, 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 no. The, the, oh, the, the Descendants. Descendants. You know, the OGs or whatever. They were like our East Coast version right. of those melodic bands. Yeah. So I just, again, being a, a fan of just the whole movement, I was glad we had every kind of bullet in the gun. You know what I mean? We had a hollow tip. We had a, you know, a slug. We had a fucking, you know, a little bit of fairy dust. There's another H with, with the same front man, the Who? Hazen Street. Oh, but that, but that wasn't a hardcore band. But the essence was, again, that was a, a little, it was a mishmash of everything that with, Real hardcore dudes involved, but never meant to be a hardcore band. But right. the, so the soul was always hardcore influence. You know, when you had, you know, Mackie, fucking Freddie, Toby, you know, David, every one of us was, you know, Chad. People know Chad from being in a pop punk band, but Chad's a real hardcore kid. You know what I mean? People don't know that. You know, they think that's a real hardcore kid, motherfucker, right there. The, the, I have a theory, and this is going to. This, this is, I think this a lot, this could be debated, and if someone didn't agree with me, I'd understand. But I always say, if hardcore kids make music, it's hardcore, because it's, it's not a sound, it's, it's the yeah. way you live your life, so. Yeah, you know. You know, yeah, I know what you mean. It, it, nowadays, it's that. Like, like Biohazard, you know, again, they weren't a hardcore band, but the soul was a hardcore band, so I could see why people would lump them in, you know, it's a bunch of hardcore dudes, maybe one of them wasn't real hardcore dude but they all had that influence you know and um whatever but um h2o shout out to h2o as the, my only h i got there was a band from buffalo called half mass that did a lot uh haymaker from canada was haymaker i remember them i didn't know Ooh, they were loud. Them, but i remember the name for sure they, they were like there was a lot of bands under there I'm, i try to i try to get the first couple bands that stuck right. out of my head 
or that I'm I would hear wrong. Right. All right, let's move on. I. I got some good ones for I. Some uh, classics. Instead. Instead. I thought the Iceman, if that's an I. Um, well, I well, I got them too. But instead, it, again. Very positive, very California, very straight. Um, I really like their Will Make the Difference seven inch. I, that's like perfect hardcore to me. Almost a little too happy at times to me. When they did that Epitaph album, yep. um, it kind of lost me. But for, again, they're kind of like in that Bane world for a night, a, a hardcore kid that's a little nicer. Yeah. Could be one of their favorite bands ever. Yeah. Cool, what, cool logo, cool. Yeah. Like, the Bonds of Friendship. Uh, yeah, iconic artwork, super cool. What I liked about er early them was again, the straight edge guys, and well, there was a lot of straight edge bands coming out of California at the time. Their influences, you could hear that early agnostic front influence, like that dirty mix of punk with the you know that just crazy with hardcore shit. You could tell they were listening to AF early on. So I always you know I liked it, and I liked the you know back then being a straight edge band playing like that stuck out to me it was like cool you know i liked it you know it was like you know it, it wasn't a thing yet to have its own sound it was like a, just a cool dynamic of them being from them being from cali was more special to me than you know what was on the menu like i've been saying you know what i mean <laughs> but um the iceman another strong, band that forgotten about but again uh -oh. forgotten about a band that fell through the cracks what what you feel about the iceman Awesome imagery, yeah. awesome playing. Maybe they're kind of forgotten about because they don't have enough output they, and they didn't play that long. So they were kind of like a, a quick flash. And if you saw it, you were like mesmerized by it. And, yeah. you know, I, I see a lot of bands still like rip off their artwork and like, yep. you know, do, do the mock-ups of it with their bands on it. So I think they have kind of like that cult following. Yep. And... Super good playing too. Yeah. I never saw them. I never yeah. saw them. I got to see them a lot, man. They played a lot, and they were one of those bands that they were never the biggest band, but they always had flavor. Not just because they had Mackie, even Carl, say had flavor. You know, the, the 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 you could hear. I don't know. You could just feel they 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 had a bad brains thing to them without sounding like the bad brains, but they had that kind of flavor and that swag and and um. Good shit, and I got to play with them with Demise. My first band was actually one of our only shows at CB's with, with the Iceman, so. Good That's one. a good one. Yeah, yeah, pretty crazy. I got, I got two strong eyes in my head. Let's see where, where you're All right, go. I got who you got. I got two on, two left also. Go ahead. I got one's a little bit newer, and they guys we know. Ignite. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. I then for a little bit more, you know, again, the later years, but... um. You know, original Ignite, former Uniform Choice guys. You know, right. um, um, California, like Brett said when I first met them. Yeah, oh, we're Opera Corps. You know, he was talking shit, <laughs> whatever. Kind but of, kind I, of, yeah. I, I'll tell you this. Um, when we first got put on tour with them, I hated them sonically because it wasn't <laughs> like I really didn't get it. Like I would sit outside and be like, yo, I got to I got a tour how, six weeks with these guys. I, but it was me being more ignorant because I would hear Zoli style, which I wasn't listening to at the time. And then I remember a week into the tour, checking out one of their sets, and then I got blown away. 
and I got hooked. They were one of the bands that brought me more into that melodic shit. Not just because, again, fast forward, they're family. You know, I got a lot of love for Zoli and all those guys, even though people make, a lot of people hate Zoli. I love them. But um, they, they, um, they, um, they, I got it. Like, they put, they put it really well together with traditional sounds. And, man, I've seen them fucking kill it. You know what I mean? To this day, they, they would murk it or when they were playing, you know, um, from the playing, the style-wise, they have their little breakdowns. They got the melodic shit. And, um, man, yeah, I like where they put California on the map with that classic Cali sound for the later years. Who do you Barry, got? Uh, he's great. Zoli's great. Uh, quite a character off stage, but, man, what a voice. Oh. I got, oh, yeah, very- uh, I got Infest, which is like Martin's favorite band. And I think a, a lot of people out here on the West Coast really, really uh, give that band a lot of, a lot of love. Um, and I got I to gotta go with Integrity, man. One of, one of the greats. I, knew the greats. I, I love that band. And I, their early stuff is amazing. Stuff that I still listen to a lot. And I think they're fucking amazing. You know, b- besides having to check them in California, I'll give them props. <laughs> I'll give them props. One, you know, I love fucking Frankie, but I give them props for this. I'm not super familiar with them, but from people I respect and bands, they tell me wh- what they did with their sound and where they brought it in at the time and the movement they started with their own sound and their style, you know, so, you know, just because I, I may not be crazy about certain people, I always give people props for what they did if I feel they earned it, you know. And a lot of people always put them in a, in a, in a special place. If you were into them, people would tell me they were a special band for what they did and the time they came out, sonically and their whole movement, you know. When, in Buffalo, we would get all the youth crew bands, and that was really big. And then once Integrity came, they, they kind of had this sort of youth crew look, but then they added like Slayer into it and yeah. it met somewhere in the middle. And it was a, you could see bands, the Buffalo bands change a little bit to try to catch up with Integrity. So they shifted the whole region I was in uh, a little bit and they're they fucking great. So. And, 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 and Ohio is kind of close to upstate, correct? Yeah, you could get to Cleveland in three hours. So That's what we, I mean. So that makes a lot of sense. Bands. I always yeah. forget how close it is and where it falls into the thing. And I, and I realize that. And that makes sense because a lot of the bands up there, if they weren't the classic old style, uh, early hardcore sound, they were a metallic sound. If you were the yeah. Rochester, Syracuse, a, a big mix of metal and all that. Um, okay, let's keep it moving because I don't, let's see. I, I, you know, I know you probably have um, some Survivor to watch. <laughs> I've got season forty left. I refuse to watch it because then I'm done. I know. Oh, it's great, man. I, you, let me tell you, that's one of my best seasons. I love it. Really? I've been, I've had it on ice for like two months. I can't. It's do amazing. It. I rewatched all of them during this whole fucking pan fuckery. <laughs> Every episode, like ten times. I love it. Best show on there. Everybody, if you if you out there and you never seen Survivor one through a hundred, one through forty, you're a fucking moron. But all right, let's let's see how far we could get before you got to get out of here. You just let me know. I think we're gonna have the same J. Yes, I got one J. Go for it, Judge. Amen. What an album! What a seven inch! 
Oh, yeah, the seven inch from Warriors, banger, and that album to me did with it did what the second Chromag, the Best Wishes album did for the Chromags. It did for Straight Edge, where it brought that metal shit. Where I said, "That's what I want to hear." Some fucking metallic hardcore with some real heavy shit, good playing, hard lyrics, and just uh, the delivery. Sonically, everything about them, they murked it. Love it. That's one of my favorite albums. You know, um, haven't went back to it in a while, but oh, definitely it, 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 for me, I, when that record came out, I banged it hard. Me too. Perfect. The 7 Inch was so fast and raw. And then when that album came and the lyrics were so personal, but so catchy and oh, like yeah. the, Mike Judge just looked like a, a maniac. And they, they would play in Buffalo all the time. I probably saw them like four or five times back when bringing it down. And I'll out. tell you this, when, when they played the black and blue, they sounded like the album, even the sound. Sounded it like, like I wanted to sit there and critique them. So I, wanted, I wanted them to not be as good as they did just – for no reason, just to see, and I was like, "Yo, these motherfuckers sound perfect." Yeah, perfect. Sammy's Sammy's great. Whew. Shout out to Sammy, to Mike, all those guys, killers, killers. Let's keep it moving. K, you know who I? My Are favorite you gonna, band. You want to wait? Killing time. A while? Killing okay. time. Killing time. Yeah, I think everything we said about bringing it down, you could just put right on bright side and. If you're a little more a mean person, you want bright side. If you a little more nice, you want bringing it down. Like, two yeah, perfect records, just perfect. Killing time. This is the only time I call them killing time. To me, I call them raw deal. <laughs> um, my favorite, hands down, my favorite band. To me, my favorite singer. To me, what 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 Phil from Pantera did for metal, where he was a guy who could sing, you could understand them, but sound hard. That's what Anthony was. The perfect singer, the perfect band with the perfect amount of swag without trying to be hip-hop, without trying to be urban, but had some flavor. My dog's going crazy. Madball, one of the biggest influences to Madball was Agnostic Front, Cro-Mags, Raw Deal. Hands down, for my plain personal flavor, they're probably like 60% of what... They're 80% of what I wanted my hardcore to be like on that tip, mixed in with the Chromags and, and AF. Game changers. One of the best. We, we made a serious error. Hate breed. Oh. <laughs> well, it's not an error. They, exactly. Hate breed killers. You know, we could... We might have to do a, 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 a through Z um, 2.0 later. <laughs> the, the B side, but of course, Haybreed. How can we fuck everything? Yeah, I mean, we don't have to talk. I think everyone knows everything about Haybreed, but... Absolutely. Uh, when you brought up uh, Anthony's clear vocals, it reminded me of how clear Josta is. And yeah. Holy shit. And, um, again, and again, why they had what New York, especially New, the New York hardcore sound, the DNA, I trace back to them. They were all former members of Breakdown. Where we trace back to the one track, sick people, it makes sense. The DNA just comes out their pores. You know what I mean? I got to see Raw Deal. I, I saw a show, Sick of It All, Raw Deal, Zero Tolerance. And then they came back, Killing Time, Eye for an Eye, Wrecking Crew. Yep. And probably some local band. And those shows, whew, amazing. Fucking amazing. Yep. 
All right, I got, I got, uh, I got a couple more, but I'm gonna go one more. I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut through the K. I'm trying to catch you as long as I could got you online. <laughs> See how far we could get. How much time you got? Quarter to six. My girlfriend's gonna kill me. All right, all right. We're gonna go through. We'll go through. Um, one. We'll go. We'll stop at L then. All right. All right. Let me finish. I got for killing time. I got a couple, two more on the K. I got three more for K, but I'm gonna skip two and get to my one more K. That means we can, we can do part two. Yes, Second exactly. Half of the alphabet. Okay. You know what? Exactly. We'll stop at K then, right? Yeah, we can do one more if you want. Whatever. Okay, we'll stop at L. We'll stop at L. All okay. right, we're going to finish up with K. I got, we'll skim through it, but I'm going to give you my three. Crackdown. Hard. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Jason Crackdown, wherever you are. A great band. Another one that they were never the main band, but they were the perfect band to be that co-headliner, to be on that bill, to stack a bill. Um Hard shit, real traditional, but not, and the skater got, element to it. Got on the Rev Comp, which exposed them to every hardcore kid. Still, every generation of hardcore kid gets the Rev Comp and here's Crackdown. So they've got like a, the perfect lane for everyone to at least know that song. Yep. All right. I got an, uh, uh, two more. I got an old one here. It's you're going to go, go Kraut, right? Like yeah. You're from, you're from Queens. You'd get crucified if you didn't. Yeah, well, I'll tell you this. Me, personally, I don't know nothing about Kraut except All Twisted, the one-hit song that they had. And I know about everybody talking about Kraut from Astoria. Kraut, Kraut, Kraut. And I got to say this. I asked Stigma this many years ago. I go, in the early days, who was the band, if you had to pick one band that you were like, yo, that's the band that's going to hit. And he told me Kraut. Like, they were the ones making noise. You know, so I don't know much about them. I thought maybe you might know more about them than I do. When we did a tour, uh, we did that tour with uh, Hatebreed semi-recently, and uh, Cro-Mags were on it, and AJ was like, crowd, you got to get in the crowd. You got to get in the crowd. You got to get in the crowd. He played me crowd. It, it was way too too punk for me. Way too, uh Yeah. I, I, I hear it too all the time, especially Queens yeah. people. Crowd, crowd, crowd. So yeah, uh, I was. I can't say I'm a crowd guy. I met the singer not too long ago. Good dude, you know. And obviously, Doug Holland went on to the Crow Mags. They they went and done other stuff. So cool. I got one K. This is probably my favorite K. Not Killing Time is my number one, but some of my favorite people from London. Knuckle dust. Ooh, nice. Got to nice. shout out my brothers from the fucking from the land from the pond over from the other side of the pond. Knuckle dust again. People don't know, people don't understand this. When I first made it to fucking um um England in the early nineties, the first two people we really clicked was was with the business. Shout out to the business just because they are the fucking business and they <laughs> even recipes Mickey Fitz. But Knuckle Dust, they've been a band for so long and repping that real hardcore shit in the UK with the same essence that you had and I have and they still have. And um, I get happy when I see them. You know, shout out to Pierre, well, all those guys, they, all of them. You know, the they, right got some, they got some swag on stage for sure, man. Absolutely. Ooh. You know, when you got the, the color up there, when you got some of this, 
you got some Peruvian and some Africano, <laughs> and then and then you got you know shout out to those guys. But yeah, great, and they and they brought their own style too. You know, they they had some their own thing going on, which they always kept it fresh and and, and sexy. Shout out to yes. the UK. I love all my UK people. Hopefully, we'll be there soon. We're gonna end this one with the last letter. L. Who do you got? I got one. The first one comes to my head is the almighty Leeway. Exactly. That's the only L I got. <laughs> what you got to tell me about Leeway? Born to Expire's top 10 hardcore records for me. Uh, Eddie Sutton's voice with fucking AJ's riffs is uh, insane. I mean, their whole catalog's great. A lot of younger kids try to tell me they like Desperate Measures more than Born to Expire. No way to me. Born yep. to Expire is a 10 out of 10. Uh, yep. Desperate Measures like an 8, 8.5 out of 10 for me. But uh, amazing. Total crossover. Some of the heck. The intro on that record. The best. I, I used to listen to this radio show um, on the college station in Buffalo, WDNY. And it was on Sunday nights at like 9 or 10 o'clock. And it would be like an hour or two of hardcore. And they announced shows and stuff. And their intro music was the leeway intro. So you'd hear that bass and the hi-hats. That shit is crushing. What a recording, too. Like, Everything like, about that album. Another big influence to my personal style of playing. Again, they had metal, but they had that bop. They had that Eddie had a lot of urban flavor to him. But with the thrash part of the hardcore shit, AJ's playing... You know, the whole bang, Gibbons, that motherfucker, I wanted to hear him solo when I was not into solos. That was the <laughs> motherfucker I wanted to hear. And another band that showed that, yo, you got to be, that made that made, a, that made me want to step up my game sonically was like, yo, those motherfuckers sound like the big boys. You know, we got to make sure our shit hangs. And even their other records, which I agree, weren't like the first record, I give it to them for... How you know one they went for it changing styles, but they always brought a swag to it that was unique. And whenever you could do that, you know, bring a new flavor from left field and make it work, I always end up gravitating and appreciating the shit. Big influence for us, big time. That's the first time I heard Pokey too on Desperate Measures, and he's got some bounce and some flavor to his. Absolutely, Holy shit, man. You know, Ooh. that's where the world got yellow fever. You know, with Pokey and you know, you know, he got yellow fever. But yeah, yo, Leeway classic, born expired. You know, that's again classic shit. That that that's a all you motherfuckers out there, go get that record. You know, I'll tell you a funny story before we end with this. Me and Beto, who was uh, in demise originally and then played on the Hold It Down record, we waited for that album because that album was recorded. I don't know what year, but it came out like two years later. It took a while before the album dropped. And we found out when the album was coming out, and we were at our local record store, which had a big hardcore section. And we went there the day it came out, and it was still in the box on the floor. They, they haven't opened the boxes and put it in the racks yet. And we used to tell the guy that, come on, come on. Yo, let us get it. We ended up buying the record. And this, is, this goes to show you how bad we wanted it and how young we were. I think the record cost seven and change. I had $5. Beto put in the rest. And we split the album. We went home and I was like, yo, I'm going to use it till Friday. You get it on the weekend. And then I'll get it the next weekend. 
but, yeah. but yo, Vogel, we're gonna we're gonna stop at L, and we're gonna hit him with the part two. But yo, I'm glad I got you with this. I got to reminisce about a lot of people, and I gotta fucking you reminded me of a lot of bands I forgot. I gotta. I'm gonna do a little research for the second half to so I have a couple because I know. <laughs> Throughout the week, I'm gonna pop music on and go like if we if I wouldn't have brought up Hate Parade, it would have been like how could you not? Bring yeah, up I know, I know. But you know what? Yeah. Hate Parade got enough followers, so they okay, they okay. Yo, shout out to B. Yo, shout out to my squad, the the Hate Breed family. You know what's up? Their family talk a lot of DNA right there with us, you guys, with them, and everybody. But Vogel, Birdman, you I, you're the guy I needed for this. I don't have much to do, so let me know when you're bored. Yeah, we're gonna fit, we're gonna do the part two this week, the next time you open. But I'm glad I got you because you're the guy I wanted to do this with. Because not only did I know you, you're my boy, and and this is shit we would have done backstage. I know you're a guy who comes from the same. Even if we don't like the same groups, you know we we came out of the same pussy. You know what I mean? We were born from the same, like I said, the same hardcore, <laughs> the same hardcore mother. But yo. <laughs> Shout out to uh, go check. Tell let everybody know one more time where they could catch all the new terror shit that you got out your dot coms and all your shit. Sticktight.la and uh, Dude, did you say tit tight? What you said? Stick. Like, yeah, stick is stick, stick tight. Okay, I, I thought it was tit tight. Okay. <laughs> I think that might be on my uh, little thing. Tit tight. <laughs> on your grinder account. Yeah. Yo, yes. uh, Yummy. No, but uh, so let them know. So sticktight.com. Yeah, and then I think it's all terror, hardcore, Instagram, Facebook, and all that shit. So, yo, shout out to to you. Shout out to the whole terror family. Shout out to New York hardcore and worldwide hardcore for for influencing us and and getting us remotivated and psyched on the classics. Because I, I, I've been wanting to do this. I got again the bug bit me again. And I, and I wanted to break bread with somebody that, you know, comes from the same era as I do. Even though you're way older than I am. <laughs> I hate that. I hate that. Yo, but yo, peace out, Vogel. We'll talk soon. Yo, everybody, the smoking word, make sure you subscribe. Support the fucking movement. Support hardcore music. Support Metallica. We love Metallica <laughs> Slayer, but they got enough money. Go get that terror shit. Go get that mad boy shit. Go get that Casa the Rock shit. Support all our podcasts or everybody from the Diablo's Den podcast, the Big Truth podcast, the Terror, the Terror Garage cast. Support the movement and let's keep this shit rocking. Peace out, family. Bye bye.